So Justin already mentioned that for the next 14 firehouses, we're going to be studying a new series called Fortnite. And Fortnite basically is going to look at epic battles in Scripture. Have you guys ever like checked out Scripture to see how ridiculous the battle scenes are? They're wild. If you guys think like you've seen some really cool movies, uh, they're nothing compared to what you're going to find in the Bible. And we're going to go through a few of those and just kind of see how sweet some of these things are. Because they do more than just teach us about a battle. They teach us some really solid things about life that you and I can use to uh, understand who God is, what he's doing with us, why we're here, and that we can trust him with everything. And so as we go through these, we're going to see some of that stuff come out. Tonight is kind of a night celebrating like, hey, we're launching something new. We're having battle go on in a few minutes when we go outside. You guys are going to get to do battle with each other. It's going to be fun. We're talking a lot about this, not because we like war. All right. So I want to be clear about that. You guys hear me? I'm not like, hey, I'm advocating war. Let's all go do battle like that. That's not what we're talking about necessarily here in this context, right? I need you guys, there's a lot of you tonight, I need you to listen up so that the people around you can hear God's truth. So like the most important reason why I'm standing here tonight is because I want you to hear what God says in his scripture. All the other stuff that we're doing, it's awesome. I'm glad we're doing it. But if we miss this, I feel like we lost. I feel like it wasn't even worth coming, really. Because this is what God brought us here for tonight. To open his word to us, and he's about to say something to each of us as we read it. If you're listening, if you have ears to hear it, he's going to talk to you tonight. If you get a hard heart and you just don't care, you're not going to hear a word. You're just going to sit there and you're going to leave here exactly the same. But if you want to hear God's voice tonight, he promises that as we read this thing, you will hear it. He's going to talk to you. So I want to invite you to do that with me as we spend just a couple minutes hearing from God himself as we read his word that he wrote for you and I. All right? So as we do that, I told you we're talking about war and battles and all these things. And I had the opportunity to go um, to another country over where the gospel is not really allowed to be preached. And I was with one of our other pastors on staff. We got to go over there, and it was kind of like a crazy trip for us. We got there, and immediately you could kind of feel like that things were different. Things were done very different in this place. And we got flown way out into the middle of these mountains in this little teeny town on this tiny little airstrip, and we pull in, and immediately when we get off the plane, everybody's just standing there. And like there, it's not like a big airport. There's nobody else flying in. It's just us. But all these people are like, new people so they're like just at the airport to look at us like we're in a zoo like hey look at that guy and so it's kind of scary you're like what are they going to do to me like they're staring me down so we get off the plane and this missionary picks us up and he brings us back to his home and he's awesome he opens up his house to us he feeds us he takes care of us he makes us feel welcome and at home you know how important it is for you and I to be hospitable you know what that word even means have you heard it very often to invite someone into your home to invite someone into your life and take care of them and love them and serve them and make them feel welcome, it's a big deal. It made me feel just like so loved that this guy who didn't really even know me was like, hey, come on to my house. So we go and we stay with him and he's like, I want to show you some people. I want to introduce you to some people that I know here and that I love. There are not many believers. I think there were like two people that believed in Jesus in this entire place. And if they found out you believed in Jesus, it was like, no good for you. So he's like, I want you to meet some of the people that I love. They might not know Jesus, but I want you to know them because they're awesome. And so he takes us on this this walk, and we're like, where are we going to go? 
He's like, well, first we got to go to this dude down here who's going to make you clothes. I'm like, I got clothes. He's like, no, you can't wear those. I'm like, why not? You don't like my style? You know, and he's like, it's not your style. It's that you stick out like a sore thumb. It's like, okay. So we go over to this guy, and he, like, measures me. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like, hey, yeah, that, you know. And he's like, he makes, like, these custom-made, like, clothes from their culture that we're wearing. And I looked kind of goofy. It looked like Aladdin. I was like, oh, where's the genie? You know, like, it was weird. But it was comfy. So we put those on, and we go for this walk. And he's like, we got to go up through those mountains. And I'm like, you carrying me, or how's this going down? Like, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work. So we go for a walk, and we start up this, like, dirt trail through mountains. And he's like, there's this guy you have to meet. He's awesome. And I'm not going to tell you his name, but he's, he's a dude. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He's not a Christian, so don't, like, you know, be too crazy with him. But he definitely is one of the coolest guys I know. And he invited us up to his, he has this, like, like, it's a grain mill where they make grind flour so you can make bread and tortillas and whatever. I don't know, tortillas, whatever they made over there, right? These awesome breads. And so we go up to this mill. Well, on the way up, we're walking, and we get to, like, this one, like, turn in the road. And I look up, and when I look up, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these goats are, like, standing there. But they weren't just normal goats. They made me blush. They were like, these were goats that, like, made me blush. And you're like, why would you blush, Rob? And I'm like, I blushed because these goats are called large butt goats. You're laughing, but they're really called that. You can Google these, these goats, and you'll see them. They're large butt goats. And so their butts were like crazy. They were, they were like walking, like, bluk, bluk, bluk. And I'm like, ah, ah. Like, should I not look? It's a goat. Like, I don't even know what to do. This is so awkward right now. And the other pastor's doing the same thing. And we're looking at each other like, why are we covering our eyes? I'm like, I don't know. They're goats. It was weird. Anyway, that was just a freebie. That had nothing to do with the story, but it was weird. So <laughs> we had that experience, and we keep walking, and all of a sudden we hear, and we're looking around, like, what's that? Can't find where it's coming from. All of a sudden, we hear, like, <laughs> and we look up, and on the ridge just above us, there's this group of boys, and they're standing there. And that could be funny. And so we're, they're, like, looking down at us, and they're, like, they're yelling stuff in their language. And I had been, like, working really hard to pick up a few words in their language, so I was really upset that the couple words I learned were the ones they were using when I understood that the boy said, you Americans, wait there. I'm coming back with a knife. And I'm like, bro, check, check my language here. And he, the missionary's like, yeah, they're like threatening us. So he like yelled some stuff back and then they took off and I don't know, we kept walking. I was like, we could die, I don't know. So we keep walking up and we finally get to this thing. And it's this like incredible like mill this guy has. And he comes running out and he's like the biggest dude I'd ever seen in my life. Just this massive dude. And he's got these huge hands, like paws for hands. And he looked like he could just kill me just looking at me, but he comes up and he gives me a hug. And I'm just like, what? Like, I thought you were, I thought I was gonna die right there. You know, I just got threatened. Some goats kinda, it was weird. I've had a weird morning, bro. And, uh, he comes, he goes back in his house and he comes out and he brings this big rug and he unrolls it. And then he comes out with tea, like hot tea, just like brewed. And he puts it there and he comes out with the bread that he made. He ground right there and then made, he comes out, it's still hot. He like unwraps it and sets it and we sit. And we sit down, and he just breaks it and hands us the bread, and you dunk it in your tea, and you just enjoy a conversation. No cell phone, no iPad, no Instagram, nothing, just like dudes talking. It was incredible. I was like, I'm actually talking to human beings right now, like face to face. And he was being so kind. He's like giving us stuff. Well, all of a sudden, he starts having this, like, I could tell it was a deeper conversation with the missionary we were with. And he starts, like, getting serious. 
And then all of a sudden he starts like, he lifts up his shirt. And I see like this big hole. It's like a scar. And then he, he goes over here, he lifts up this side. He's got another big like hole right here. And then he turns around, he lifts up the back of his shirt, and his back is just scarred all up. And he's basically just going over his whole body, and he's got holes everywhere. Like, there were scars all over this dude's body. I'm like, what's the deal? What are you guys doing? He's like, he's telling me about his life. Wait, wait. His life? Like, his whole life is represented by, like, scars? And he's like, well, in this country, they've been in war, like, pretty much forever. This guy was born, and there was a war going on around him. So when he was a little kid, he already had a rifle in his hand, and he was already shooting people. He was already fighting in the war. He was already getting shot. And so he, the guy's like showing me the ones, the, the scars he got when he was like eight years old. Eight years old fighting in the war. And then by age, he's showing me the different scars as he grew. His entire life was defined by living in a country where he was constantly fighting in war. And my mind was just blown that that could even be possible. And I realized that there's a whole world out there, people that understand that story, but you and I are so lucky to be in a place right now where we don't get it. We don't get that because God has blessed us in such a way. We're not growing up in war. But this guy knew it. He knew what war was. He knew how it felt. He knew that there was war going on around him all the time where he lived. And it made me think about myself. <laughs> I had one of those like introspective moments where I'm looking in, you know, and I'm thinking about me, and I'm going, God, like, I might not have grown up in war, but there is a war constantly raging around me. And I've gotten so used to the war being there that I don't even like pay attention to it anymore. Like, I don't even recognize that it's happening. But it's so real. You guys might be sitting here tonight, and you don't recognize the war that's happening all around you in this room. That there are spiritual forces fighting all around you. You're like, all right, that's where you lost me. You said spiritual. I don't know if I can, like, buy into that deal. And that's a good sign that you have no clue that the war's there. Because it's real. God describes it for us over and over in his word that we are sitting in the middle of a spiritual war. And there are enemies that are here tonight and you, you can't see them, but you're looking right at them. You can't hear them, but you're listening to them. They're happening. And some of us, our hearts just aren't looking because we're so used to it that we just don't see that the war's battling around you for your soul. Your soul. And we're left with a choice. We're left to sit here and go, will I open my eyes up to what's happening here? Or will I just stay in ignorance? Trying to get mine. Trying to get my fill in life and have my pleasure and my fun and live because, hey, I'm a kid. Let's have fun. I'm a kid, right? Kids didn't make you. God made you. You live for the God of creation, the God who picked you up from the clay and breathed life into you and said, I love you. And here's the standard I want you to live to. I want you to love my son. I want you to live in his grace. I want you to follow me, but you instead go, hey, wait, my standard are these kids over here and what they're doing. I'd rather do that. 
And he's like, but I have, but I have this for you. And you want that? Because you don't see the war that's all around you. You don't see the enemy that's trying to trick you and lie to you and tell you that those things are good. And we know this because I want to read you the passage tonight versus Revelation chapter 12 is where we're going to start this series because it talks to us about this epic war, the biggest war. You could talk about different wars all over the world. We could talk about passages in the Bible where there was a battle. But this war is bigger than all of us. And so this is the war that I want us to start off looking at tonight because it's going to frame the entire series as we walk through this together. Revelation 12, verses 7 to 17. It says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they've conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of the great eagle, so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood, but the earth came to the help of the woman. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Some of you guys are listening to that passage, and because it's a prophecy, it's got some language that's really hard to understand and really colorful. And it's like, what, who's the woman? And what are these wings? And, and like, there's a flood? And like, what's going on in this passage? But what a prophecy does is it looks to the future and it promises us something. And the promise of this passage is that war is coming. See, we are promised war. And this war isn't just waiting on us. This war has already begun. It's waged all around you and I already. We're living in it right now. Way back when Adam and Eve were created, around the time of our creation, Genesis tells us that there was a war in heaven much like this one, where Satan was cast down with a third of the angels of God. And his sole mission was to destroy the people of God, to steal the worship of God for himself. And this war, we see, isn't over. There is a day where Satan, once again, will wage war on the people of God. And that day is coming where Jesus will come back and he'll fight this battle for those who have said, Jesus, I believe in you. 
God, take my heart, take my life. I trust in you. You're my king. And so we line up behind Jesus on the battlefield. And there's nobody else I'd rather line up behind. There's no one else I'd rather stand behind in a battle when we're facing Satan and his army than Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And so here we are, in between these two things, these two major wars, but yet still in a time of war. And it's important that you and I do battle. It's important that you and I don't get distracted and think that's just something that's coming later. That's something you and I are living in today. We need to be doing battle in the hearts and lives of our friends. Our friends who don't know who Christ is. Our friends who are making decisions that are wrecking their lives and turning them away from God. Our friends who are turning to drugs and sex and pleasure and all of these other things as a thing that fulfills their heart but doesn't really do it, doesn't quite finish the job. Here's Jesus saying, fight for them. Do battle for those who are being lied to, that they can hear the truth of who I am, that they can actually be fulfilled. He says, do battle for your family. Man, your mom and dad, your stepmom, your stepdad, your brothers or sisters, Be praying for them. Be loving them. Be serving them. For those who don't know Jesus in your family, be the light of Christ. Do battle for them because there is a war raging around them. And if you believe in Christ, you've got the answer. You could show them where to line up on the battlefield. Say, get behind Jesus. Line up behind the Savior. Your friends at school. See, the list is just so long when you start to think about the people around you that we should be doing battle for. And so many of us are just living blind to the battle, and so all we do all day is just our thing. We play more video games than we do talk to people. That makes it really hard to share Christ with people. It makes it hard to do battle with people when you're so focused on the things, on other things, than this battle that's real. And that's when it starts to, like, the rubber hits the road for me. I start to think about my life, and I'm like, man, would I be doing all the things that I do every day? Would I spend the amount of time I spend on things if I really started to realize this battle was right in front of me and all around me? Would I be spending so much time running after, like, being awesome at this sport or this physical thing? Would I care so much that I have like this amazing 4.9777 GPA and go to this incredible college? Would I care so much about the physical things of this world? Would I be fighting for like the pleasure and the fun and the friends and the popularity? And would I care that much about all that stuff if I realized that this battle was about the souls, the eternal destiny? of all the people around me? Would it change the things I care about? Would I live differently? Because the battle's real. It says that Satan is coming after those, and this is the part we need to take home with us, who cling to the testimony of Jesus and obey His commandments. If you're a believer tonight and you're in this room, I want to ask you that. How tightly do you cling to the testimony of your Savior? 
Is it the thing that defines your life? If I asked your friends and said, hey, what's this guy about? And he'd be, man, he's always talking about Jesus. He's always going to youth group. He's always like serving people. He's always doing stuff. It's just about God and Jesus. Would they say that? Or would they have, wouldn't even have a clue? Because we're encouraged in this battle to cling to the testimony of Jesus, the fact that Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, came down to die on a cross for you and me, for our sin, to pay our penalty so that we can be forgiven by God, so we can be given eternal life. He wins the battle in the end. Spoiler alert. And if you're on his side, you win with him. But it says, woe to the earth. It says, for those who aren't on the side of Jesus, there's not a reason to rejoice. There is a real place of punishment held aside for you. And we call that place hell. Encourage the people in your life to line up behind Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you've never lined up behind Christ, if you never realized the reality of this battle, this war that's raging over your soul, as you sit here and think everything's cool, and don't even realize that Satan's doing everything he can to get you to forget God and to send you to hell, and you laugh about it, or you reject it, or you choose to ignore it because it's uncomfortable to think about, or whatever the reason might be that you're ignoring the battle, hear it from me loud and clear tonight. The war is real, and it's over your soul. Line up behind Jesus. He's already won. He's already paid the penalty for you. You know, that fills me up with joy. I want to jump around, but I might break the stage, so I'm not going to jump, okay? But I'm telling you, it's exciting to know that my Jesus died for me. He already won the battle for me. And so this, this passage is a prophecy. It's a promise that war is coming. And here's the challenge I leave with you as I close tonight. If you're not already doing it, make war. Do battle. Open up your eyes and see that it's real. And here's how you do it. Chase after the grace and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. You don't do it with a sword, bow and arrow, or guns. You don't do it by fighting really hard. You do it by surrendering your heart to the one who already won the battle. And if you haven't done that tonight, I'd love to talk to you about it later. Will you guys just close your eyes and bow your heads for one second with me as the band comes back up to lead us in worship to close. If that's you tonight and I've been talking right to you and you're like, man, I've never recognized this war that's around me. I just thought life was life. But to know that there's a war over my soul, I need, I need to do something about that tonight. I've never surrendered to Jesus. I've never trusted in him to save me. And, and I need to do that tonight. Can I ask you to do something for me? I just want to pray for you and ask God to bless you. Will you just raise your hand up and say, that's me tonight? I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. Like, I've never been saved from this war. You just slip your hand up in there and say, that's me. Will you pray for me, Rob? Like, I want to know more about that. Anybody else? Will you just do me a favor? Raise your hand really high so I can see there's a lot of heads in the room. Like, 
Keep your hand up for one second. Those of you guys who have your hands up, leaders, if you'll just look around and see if that's one of your kids, okay? All right, you guys could put your hands down. I want to talk to those of you in the room tonight who you're like, man, I believe in Jesus, but I haven't been doing war. I'm saved, so I've been kind of like lazy in my salvation, and I haven't been fighting so others believe in Christ. I haven't been fighting to, to like live in the forgiveness of Jesus. Can I pray for you? I want to put you in my prayer journal and start praying for you regularly. Will you just slip your hand up and say, pray for me? I could use some prayer in that. Like, I want to fight hard. I want to do battle. Lift them up high for me. Anybody else? You just be honest tonight. Like, that's, that's me, man. I, I hate that it's me, but it is. Will you pray for me tonight? I want to do battle. Leaders, will you just check out, see if those are your kids? If you get your hand up, will you tell your leader tonight as you break up in groups and just say, hey, pray with me tonight? I want a chance to pray and just ask God to help me do this. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you that Jesus has already won this thing. The battle's done. It's over in the future. Jesus, you have already won by the blood that you shed on the cross. God, thank you. Thank you that you saved a broken sinner like Rob Jones. It doesn't deserve it. Thank you that you are offering salvation to every person in this room. And I pray that if there are those here tonight who haven't accepted you, God, will you call their heart to you? Cause them to see how great you are, how much you love them, that they would give their heart to you as their Savior. And Father, help those of us who are trying to live it. We're trying to do battle and trust you more. God, will you help us? To give us a strength to want you more than anything else and to trust and rest in your forgiveness and your grace. Be with us tonight, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.